0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Something I guarantee people will talk about at the dinner table tonight is this survey from Amorok Research. It has revealed 25% of six year olds have their own. Smartphone. Dr Patricia Byrne is with me, the consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist, chair of the faculty of child and adolescent psychiatry at the College of Psychiatrists, and Philip Arneal, who is head of education and innovation with Cyber Safe Kids. Uh, you're both very welcome, Patricia. I mean, if I can start with you, I think some people maybe are, are a little bit suspicious about 25% of six year olds. It seems an awful lot, but certainly most people would agree more kids are getting them at a younger age if it's not quite that level. What type of damage can it do to a child to have access to all of that information at that age?
1: Thank you very much for um, having me on today, Kieran. Um I suppose when you think about it in the most simple of terms, when we watch a television show or a movie, they're all age-rated. We wouldn't bring our child down to the middle of the main street of any of our local towns and say, I'll see you back in an hour. Be fine. Be safe. Um, And yet, the Internet and smartphones with lots of wonderful technology, lots of great things are also a wide open technology. And it's about getting the right amount of information and appropriate information and supports and appropriate types of things at the time for a young child or a teenager or even us as adults.
0: And we're going to speak, like I say, to Philip Arneal from CyberSafe Kids about some of those supports and the information that they provide um, to to the kids, but not just to kids, to the parents as well of children who are grappling with these issues. Um, Do you find yourself in kind of uh, living in this kind of strange um, situation whereby uh, I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with anything you've just said, including Mm -hmm. policymakers and politicians, Yet self-regulation still seems to be the order of the day.
1: It does. Uh, parents are under huge pressure. Um, in one of my clinical roles, I've worked in liaison psychiatry. And the single biggest conversation that I would have with many young people presenting a crisis with thoughts of self-harm or suicidality was often with Uh, parents saying how do I manage their phones what do I do there's a real sense of an inability to be able to regulate this and a feeling of pressure to be able to provide your children with what everybody else is providing them and to do that and it's really hard as a parent myself I know I come under pressure to do those things and but the harm is very real and very there. Um the ombudsman did a wonderful study for children um, in two thousand and twenty one which looked at mental health of young people. and the young people aged uh, twelve to seventeen, over half of approximately half of them identified pressure from social media as a major source of stress and mm. um, and that hobbies would be the best thing to help their mental health. And we would see in a clinic population significant impacts as well from overexposure to social media online or online activities from children having seen things online that they shouldn't have and having traumatic effects impacts on self-esteem um, and i know mm. there was a huge focus in recent years about the the increased rise of eating disorders and concerns about the aspect of of social media and fake presentations and that and, and certainly there's huge concerns as well about normal relationships being changed by what young people are seeing on social media. So it's a valuable resource, but not one that's going well with self-regulation.
0: I mentioned Philip Arneal, who's Head of Education and Innovation with Cyber Safe Kids. Uh, Philip, what are the most common questions that you and your colleagues get asked by parents, parents of kids who are kind of in that age bracket wherein they might start to ask questions at oh, can I please have a smartphone? My friends at school all have smartphones. My teammates all have smartphones. I really want a smartphone.
2: Well, the most common question that we would get is, is when, can, when should I get my child a smartphone? To which we would often say, well, it really depends on your child. But what we would, as an organisation, we would always encourage parents and guardians to hold off as long as possible. And it was interesting to hear Patricia's comments there because what she was describing with the cinema was actually the, the theme of, of one of the first videos that we made in the Same Rules Apply campaign that we launched today. And and looking at these offline analogies, saying, you know, you wouldn't let your child go to an 18 uh, film. You wouldn't let them invite strangers to your house. And and the theme of this uh, the video this year is you wouldn 't let your child drive themselves to to tennis practice and, and and the the unfortunate thing is that you know in the online world we 're letting children do things that are bringing you know similar kinds of harms and potentially harmful content and contact into our children's lives in an unsupervised way. So when it comes to smartphones, we would encourage to hold off as long as possible. We understand that, you know, there are perhaps security concerns if your child's like going to school by themselves, for example. But the other thing to think about as well is with younger children, it's not just about smartphones, actually, because they're also using tablets and they're also using consoles, and those are the top three uh, most popular smart devices from our research and so whether it's a smartphone a tablet or or uh, a games console what's really key is is supervision and monitoring and discussion about children's online lives in exactly the same way that you would do with your children in an offline capacity so uh,
0: is there and, and and I appreciate the word kind of ignorance comes with a degree of baggage so I don't mean this in a judgmental way but is there a level of ignorance amongst parents about the dangers that kids are exposing themselves to?
2: I think sometimes when we deliver sessions to adults, you know, they, they're shocked at some of the things that, that children can come across. I think also parents and, and guardians feel overwhelmed and, and that's completely understandable. And, you know, you asked about common questions. Another comment uh statement that we would hear would be, you know, I-, I just don't really know what they're doing online. And I think, you know, at the risk of, of parent bashing, you know, that's not what we're here to do. We want to increase awareness. We want to provide resources and help. But we also, I think, need to say, you can't say that anymore. You can't say, I don't know what they're doing online. You have to know what they're doing online. And it's actually very easy to find out in the same way that you wouldn't if you, know, if you came around to someone's house and you said, oh, where are the children? They said, oh, I don't know. They're out somewhere. I have no idea. That would never happen. So similarly, you know, when it comes to what they're doing online, you've got to know. Part of the campaign that we released today, there's a digital parenting booklet that parents can access. It's on our website, cybersafekids.a. And in there, it's full of advice, tips, resources, and links and helpful places that they can go to demystify the online world a little bit, if you like. So you don't need to become a TikToker. You don't need to open a TikTok account, for example, but you can go on there and find out in a minute, you know, what is TikTok? Why might it be harmful? Why do my kids love it? And Mm. then, you know, you're able to have those discussions with your children in a much more informed way.
0: And and, uh, Philip, I'm conscious sometimes, you know, um, uh, the conversation around this acknowledges that, you know, the horse is bolted to a degree and we've got to kind of uh, 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 live with the world that we are in, rather than the one we would like to live in. At the same time, I mean, once you creep down the ages, once you're getting to kind of, you know, five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds. I mean, there's an argument to tr- still try to get the horse back into the stable, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I think it's it, it's possible at any age, really. I mean, I think part of it is a societal issue. You know, we we look at this in, as not about smartphones or not about banning this. or it, It's a whole picture. We've got to educate from the bottom up. We've got to raise awareness through campaigns. And then we also need this regulation and legislation from the top down that you talked about yeah. earlier when you were discussing self-regulation. And it's possible, you know, we're not trying so what, to put back What the, would be the, the argument against
0: this. a ban on access to smart devices like this for any child under the age of nine?
2: Well, because it's not necessarily the phone. It's about what they're doing on there. So that's the point, you know, uh, because if you don't give your child a smartphone, they can still go around to someone else's house and perhaps there's less supervision in that household and they're online and they're potentially looking at harmful things or making harmful content. and,
0: and, And Philip, I hate to break you, my older cousins used to give me cigarettes as well when I was younger. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, I should have been able to buy them myself.
2: No, and, and, you know, six and seven year olds have smartphones. They're not going out and buying those themselves, right? So parents and guardians are giving those phones to them. So as I've said before, we would discourage that for as late as, poss- as you possibly can. Yeah. But, the, but, but the I, reality I just don't know what the, what's
0: the argument against just taking a harder line on younger kids. Again, I appreciate the argument, you know, about the, the reality of life and that there's lots of kids, certainly from if, once they get to secondary school age, I think that horse is well and truly bold. It disappeared over the horizon. But younger than that... Um, and I struggle to understand the, the, the strong argument against a ban.
2: Yes, yeah, but, the, but but the reality is that actually those things are in place and they're not being enforced. You know, the, 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 okay. the minimum age of restriction for social media platforms is 13. The digital age of consent in Ireland is 16. But this is not being enforced because we're still allowing a situation where there's self-regulation. We mm. know from our own research, 84% of 8 to 12-year-olds already have at least one social media account. So that's not working so it, we've got to look at it and this societal approach. And yes, we can talk about smartphones and definitely there's no need for a nine-year-old to have their own smartphone, of course. But the reality is they do. They have access to it. And not only that, they're getting access to platforms such as TikTok, Snapchat, and Meta, that they don't, were not designed for them. And they shouldn't technically be on until they're at least 13 and actually until they're 16 with parental supervision. So we've yeah. got to also address these issues.
0: Philip Arneal, Head of Education and Innovation with CyberSafe Kids and Dr Patricia Byrne, Consultant Child and Adolescent Psychiatrist, Chair of the Faculty of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the College of Psychiatrists. Thank you both very, very much uh, for joining me. I thought schools were the problem, says one listener, with the smartphones and that banning them there would sort out this issue. So what are the schools doing about this? And somebody else says, smartphones should be banned until a child reaches 18, period. The Hard Shoulder with
2: Kieran Cottahee. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4. On News Talk.